Welcome to A Dose of Mind and Body, your audio prescription to anything pharmacy, mental health, and fitness or lifestyle habits. My name's Miriam. I am a pharmacist who loves to share my experiences with you all. With a step-by-step on how to implement these new strategies, stories from my own experiences, and more to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be and be the best version of yourself possible. I am your host. Let's get into today's episode. So on today's episode, we have a special guest, personal trainer, online coach, and fitness inspiration, head coach at Stupid Fit, Juma Abaruzic. He's going to share with us his everyday lifestyle habits as a coach and what he shares with his clients and also how to fit being active or working out while having a busy work life. Hey, Juma, how are you? Hey, Mariam, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I want to take a minute to thank you for coming on the show because it means a lot to me and I'm happy to have you here. Um, Yeah, no, of course. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be fun. Thanks. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so my name is Jamal once again, head coach at Stupid Fit. And I'm an online fitness and nutrition coach. That's pretty much what I do full time. I help people get the body that they want without sacrificing their lifestyle or any kind of freedom that they have, mostly through implementing sustainable habits and routines that are going to be beneficial for them that can help them maintain those goals for a lifetime. So uh, gut was a bumpy road to get here. Uh, I started off actually going to school as an engineer. And once that didn't work out, I was also training. I was a personal trainer at a local gym for a long period of time while I was in school and just decided to roll with that because it was going so well and discovered online coaching. And now uh, it's been where I'm at ever since. Awesome. You're like the king of habits and building them. So I wanted to ask you, how do you specifically build a new habit and what process do you take and um, how do you kind of break it down with your clients as well? Yeah, so there's a lot of different approaches to go through habit building. And the first thing that I think is the most important thing you need to identify before you even decide what habit you want to build is understanding what type of person you want to become. What are you using this habit to accomplish? You know, for a lot of people, they want to, um, for instance, wake up early. They want to have the habit of waking up early, becoming a morning person. And that is because they want to become a morning person. That's the identity they want to embody. They want to be a productive person. That's the identity they want to embody. So before you even decide what habit you want to do, you know, sometimes we choose habits just because they sound cool. We need to first recognize who do we want to become. And once you recognize who you want to become, you can find habits that embody that person. Right. So if you, for instance, rolling off of the same example, want to become a productive person, there are certain things that pretty much all productive people do that you'll want to start doing. Right. It's maybe it's not necessarily waking up early. There's a lot of productive people that sleep in. Right. Uh, The important thing is being focused, you know, so finding ways to be focused, being energized, finding meals that you eat around 
your focus window to be as uh, productive as you can be. Um, being precise in what you're trying to specific to-do list and cutting out the fluff of your to-do list. So these are all habits that maybe you didn't think of at first, but make the goal help you become the person you want to be a lot easier. So first and foremost, before you decide any habit you want to do, find that identity. Um, and from there, find out what obstacles are holding you back from this current, this habit that you want to try and build. So, um, you know, using what was an example we just used, uh, being having focus time, right? It's hard to be focused, right? Yeah. You, I'm sure yeah. you know, know that I know <laughs> always, that too well. Always out of focus, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you struggle with being focused. How can you create a better environment to help you be focused? So just setting up routines to put you in that position so that focus becomes a habit because a habit is just something you repeat over and over and over and over again. So when you put your, uh, let's say, to be focused, this is what I do right now, is I'll put my phone in the car, even though I'm working inside, and then I will have the same cup of coffee every single time. And then I will put the same playlist every single time. And all of these changes in my environment put me in a headspace where I can be more focused because my brain will now recognize, oh, this is focus time right now. You yeah. know, just like when you walk into the gym, your brain knows like this is gym time right now. I got to be pumped up. Yeah. Uh, and likewise, whenever uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you go to a place that is not comfortable for you or um, scary for you, you know, you're going to be in a more scared state right? Because your brain recognizes that. So uh, I think one of the most important things for building habits is, uh, again, recognizing the identity you want to become and then optimizing your environment to follow through with the habits that lead you to that identity. So that's a pretty simple breakdown, I think, of that yeah, process. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge thing. People want to build a habit, but then they don't really identify with it. And you have to first, obviously, figure out how to be that person by figuring out what you want to become so yeah yeah when you have that identity crisis just to roll off of that you're not you're never going to stick with that habit like a lot of people that i coach will have a fat person's mentality essentially right like i'm, I'm a fat kid at heart how am i going to yeah. eat healthy and because <laughs> they have that mentality they every time they try to eat healthy or try to eat lower calories it's conflicting with their identity it's yeah. not who it's not who they think they are. And they they have that, another script in their head. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you can't roll with that idea because you're creating this block in your head, this identity crisis in your head. So making that shift and changing who you changing the uh, definition for yourself in your head goes makes a big difference. Building off of that, um, what are common challenges you see when someone is trying to build a new habit specifically for you or just your clients in general? Yeah, so I think. Uh, the main one that I see uh, for me and everyone, mm. I think, is trying to do too much at once. So when we start a new habit, we envision the perfection of that habit first, mm -hmm. right? So when we are becoming a morning person, right, going yeah. with that example again, uh, you, we think about waking up at 6.30, 7 a.m. Yeah. every single day, seven days a week, no matter what, yeah. right? And yeah. as soon as you 
you know, you set that expectation in your head that this is what a morning person does. It's seven days a week, no matter what, you're waking up at 7 a.m. There's no exceptions. And because you set that expectation, anytime you fall short of that or you wake up too late or you sleep too late or something happens, now you're not a morning person in your mind anymore, right? Uh And if you were someone that before this were waking up at 10 a.m. every day, you're trying to wake up three hours earlier, (laughs) that's a really big difference that you're trying to overcome. So instead of aiming for that perfection, taking gradual steps to get there and recognizing that it's not going to be a perfect linear route to that, to developing that habit. It's all about the repetition. So as long as you're putting in the reps to create that habit, to make, to become this new person, it'll eventually get there, but you don't need to be perfect from the get-go and you don't need to do it all at once. That's, I think the most important thing that people fall short of when trying to build a new habit. Yes, and you're making it so easy to ask these questions. Um, no, um, the reason I brought that up is I feel like people will start a habit and then because it's not consistent or they don't do it every single day, they just don't want to do it anymore. And they basically completely fall off of the habit that they were building. So how do you specifically get back on track when you do fall off? Because obviously we just think that progress is just straight up and we don't have any downfalls and all that so um what do you do yeah so i think it starts with that expectation that we talked about Mm -hmm. when you have an expectation of perfection anything short of perfection is failure but when you go into it with a growth mindset in the idea of you know there's going to be obstacles you know you're going to mess up and you know that it's not going to be perfect when you do end up messing up when you do end up falling short it's not a failure because you expected this you knew it was going to happen so now mentally it's not i fell off track it's mentally oh i'm i just gotta continue where i left off you know and a lot of people when they go through this they they try to overcompensate right so uh the easiest example is a diet example when someone um overeats one day the next day they'll under eat their calories but in reality they don't need to under eat and compensate like that they just need to go back to what they were doing before there's going to be a lot of time to make up that lost ground. You just need to continue where you left off, not try to make up for what happened in the past because you can't change what already happened. You can only work on what's happening in the future. So uh, just first setting that expectation, a proper expectation that there will be mess ups. It's not going to be a perfectly positive linear process. Mm-hmm. And then um, just continuing where you left off afterwards. You don't need to uh, compensate or anything like that because in the grand scheme of things, if you're trying to build this habit for life, one day of messing up in a, on like a random day isn't going to destroy that forever. You yeah. know? So uh, just continuing where you left off from there and having that perspective in mind. So um, how do you get someone to change their mind when they're in that, I guess, overcompensating mode? Because I'm totally guilty of that. I definitely overcompensate if things don't go how I want them to. But um, what is one thing you would, um, I guess, try to get them to realize? Besides, uh, I, yeah, I, I think like it, it's mostly a perspective thing, right? Because mm-hmm. when you overcompensate, you're trying to rush to something, you know, and there's really nothing to rush to because again, this is a lifelong thing, mm-hmm. and recognizing that it's a lifelong thing is the most important aspect of this because when you try to 
when you have a deadline and you think that this is something that's going to happen and it's a goal that I'm going to reach and you're trying to rush to this goal, mm-hmm. you're going to burn yourself. You're basically burning the candle at both ends. You're never yeah. going to actually build this habit because you're always trying to play catch up. Right. Yeah. Whereas instead, if you focus on the process of doing the habit and focus on just doing it today and doing it today and doing it today, being more process oriented as opposed to outcome oriented, uh, you will uh, find you will find sticking to the plan a lot. Be you'll find sticking to the plan is a lot easier <laughs> yeah. uh, than otherwise, right? Okay. Because yeah. again, with the comp with the diet compensation, right? Uh, at at the end of the day, if you went thirty days um, uh, with a perfect diet, you were supposed to eat fifteen hundred calories, let's say, and you uh-huh. had one day where you ate two thousand calories. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that's not going to make or break the month. It's yeah. uh, still, you're still it's did a great day. job overall. Yeah. It's about yeah. what you do a majority of the time, because again, with habit development, the way it works in your head, it's all about repetition, 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 repetition. Uh-huh. And if you overcompensate, you're not repeating the same action you're trying to uh, build. And because you're doing that, you're limiting the repetitions that you're uh, going to, that are going to lead to this becoming a habit. And when that happens, you're just delaying it becoming an actual habit. And now it's, again, you're playing catch up. So Uh, just remembering that you have a long time to get this right there's no reason how do you feel about that or it takes 21 days to build a habit Yeah, there's actually so many, I've heard so many (laughs) variations of this. It's like I've heard 90 days, 60 days, 21 days. And, uh, you know, scientifically speaking, it's not a time frame. You Uh know, if you do uh, a certain habit once a day for 21 days, you know, Uh it's, it's, uh, (laughs) you only did it 21 times, right? It's not a lot of, it's not a lot of reps, as Uh opposed to doing a, a bad habit that you've been doing that you've probably been doing your whole life. You've probably done it once a day for a thousand days, right? If it's three Mm -hmm. years, you know, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really balance out that way uh, quite as well. So the important thing, again, it's like, it is the actual number of repetitions that you put in. Yeah. The more repetitions you do, the more automatic it becomes early on. The repetitions are very demanding in terms of how, how much you got to think about it. And mm-hmm. how much you gotta, how much willpower you need to do it because it's mm-hmm. different than what you've always done. But that's how you create that habit is once you do that again and do it again, it becomes easier each and every single time until it becomes an automatic thing. Uh, and that's the goal is just doing the repetitions. Even at day 21 for a lot of yeah. habits, that's usually the point where you feel the most confident, but is actually where you can really mess up. Um, a lot of people find or the study I read recently said that um, around 21 to 35 days is where people will feel the most confident in their habit and they'll Mm -hmm. cut themselves some slack. Right. So they'll uh, make, they'll skip the habit one day and be like, Oh, I did so well so far. I can stick to this. And that's where it's really a make or break point. And if you cut yourself that slack, it's really easy to fall off entirely and go back to your old habit. So uh, again, it's not about, having this arbitrary mark it's cool to set goals like that Uh but i think the main thing is just being consistent with it and just doing it as many times as possible i wouldn't tie it to any number of days but the more days you do it in a row the better it's going to be for you
Awesome. Yeah, I like that. I, I feel like that's a common thing people see and they're like, oh, it's 21 days. I have to do it. And then that means mm-hmm. like this is set in stone, but that's not really how it works all the time. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, what are some habits that you personally built yourself and also helped your clients build? Oh, man. They're, they're optimization habits, right? So mm-hmm. um, the best habits, I think, are the ones that make you feel good and make you feel accomplished and give you a lot of energy, right? Mm-hmm. So the simplest habits that I usually prescribe to my clients and, you know, I do for myself that yield the most dividends is uh, hydrating first thing in the morning. So getting mm-hmm. as much water in right when you wake up, that'll really boost you with energy. You'll feel awesome and you're going to feel great the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, going on walks also in the morning would be preferred and just being generally active and getting sunlight on your skin that again you're going to feel awesome for doing that you're going to feel accomplished for getting up and walking and moving and uh, accomplishing something first thing in the day and it's going to give you a lot of energy for the rest of the day so like those are two big ones that I, i really enjoy personally and a lot of clients always love like i've never had someone hate that idea of yeah. doing that there's always been good reviews for those two in particular so uh, those are always really good ones um there's also good ones that people don't like as much but they know it helps them but it's very hard to stick with them and that's mm-hmm. going to be things like you know setting a reverse alarm for when to go to bed right so mm-hmm. you know you have a certain time you'd like to go to bed to get enough sleep um it's hard to listen to the yeah. alarm on your phone to stop doing all the phone stuff yeah. to stop yeah. <laughs> and things like that but it is very beneficial you always like it in the morning when you do it but you always regret it when you don't do it in the morning as well so it's like yeah. one of those things where in the moment it's hard to do but you always thank yourself for it later on so those are like the three main ones i think that most people can benefit the most out of uh, and always uh, yield the greatest returns uh, in terms of how well you feel and how uh, accomplished you feel doing it. Yes, I totally agree. I think the the new newest habit I built is a morning person. So, mm-hmm. so that one's good. <laughs> it, it is definitely hard to close your phone when you're on it consistently. So yeah, yeah man, it's a, a struggle. <laughs> it's always a struggle. It seems like um, at 10, 10 to 11.30, everything is happening and you're going to miss out on everything. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, crap, I regret this because now I'm really, really tired this morning. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's normally what it is. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about work-life balance and um, specifically yeah. just for people who are really, really busy. How do you help them find time to just be active, I guess, in their busy lifestyle? So how do you help people find time during through their busy lifestyle, right? Yeah. That's pretty much the question. Yeah. Um, it's different for everybody, right? And it depends on the level of busyness that they have. Mm-hmm. So there's people that are busy in terms of they don't know how to manage their time and they just have a lot of things that they try to find to do and scramble to do. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to prioritize what they need to do. In mm-hmm. that situation, it comes down to uh, the best thing to do is auditing their time. Uh, seeing how you actually spend your time and where we can kind of optimize your day to help you do the things you want to do more effectively, right? And see what's realistic for you to accomplish. Because for a lot of people, they'll say they're really busy all the time, but in reality, they are just, they spend a lot of time throughout the day just dilly-dallying and they can be more efficient doing certain things, you know? So being more efficient doing, uh, you know, if you're a student doing your homework, if you're a 
employee doing your major projects or tasks at the beginning of the day and getting those out of the way, you can do that in two hours, but you usually spend seven hours doing it because you're checking Instagram every 20 minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, it's, it's really finding first how much time you're actually spending being busy. And if it's a lot of wasted time, right. Or I shouldn't say wasted, but not productive time, not effective time, uh -huh. then, uh, optimizing your time that way. If you're someone that's busy and you have a lot of commitments, right. So people that are like, uh, moms, single moms, they have a job, they have to pick up their kids from daycare. They still need to work out. They still need to, uh, cook dinner and things like that. Yeah. They have a lot of things they need to do. Then it's about planning accordingly ahead of time and seeing how we can make things easier. Right. So like if we can spend 30 minutes on Sunday meal prepping so that you can save 20 minutes every morning prepping your, your lunch, uh, that makes a big difference. Right. If we can uh, find a realistic balance to how many times is a good time, how many times is a good frequency for you to train throughout the week that isn't going to be overwhelming and can still help you enjoy time with your kids and watch them grow up and help them with their homework and uh, still help you, you know, maintain your physique and get the body that you want, that'll be ideal too. So it's um, finding that realistic balance and then seeing where we can plan ahead of time to save you time throughout the week so that everything becomes a smoother transition on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think like those are the two most frequent cases of busy that I would uh, encounter. And that's how I would approach them is either with a time audit or with proper planning and uh, then being realistic in terms of what you need to accomplish. That's very helpful. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think um, ever since I graduated, I thought like I didn't have enough time because I'm always working. And then I did a time audit. So realizing how you can prioritize your time is really important. And you just have to figure out what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And just get, get your timeline down. Yeah, um, I have a client right now just to yeah. build on that. They He's a, he's a nurse. And he mm -hmm. works night shifts. So it's usually like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said they can't work out on work days because work is just a lot for them. Right. And it turns out, you know, they wake up at 1 p.m. And then they have six hours where they're not really doing much. You know, yeah. they could fit in a, a 30 minute, 45 minute workout pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But it took that realization, took that time audit of uh, mm -hmm. of their day to actually recognize that and create that initiative for them to want to do it. Because beforehand, they were telling themselves they couldn't and they believed that story because they repeated that story so often that it's, it became their reality. Right. But it wasn't actually what was happening. Mm -hmm. Just going through a time audit really fills, fills the disconnect or reconnects the disconnect to find ways to make things work instead of finding obstacles. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I used to do that when I was in school. I would say, okay, I'm at school all day. I'm not going to the gym. But then, like, there was some time that I could go. And so my first year, I don't think I went to the gym at all. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. And so then the next year I figured out, like, oh, I can go. I just have to figure out how to study, when to study, then go to the gym for an hour. And then just realizing you can make time and you don't have to be in the gym for, like, three hours. Like, yeah. some people might be. That's just insane i don't understand yeah, that's it, kind but... of what we talked about at the beginning right it's yeah. what we talked about earlier where you don't have to do everything all at once you yeah know? you and don't need a three-hour workout you can do a 30-minute exactly. workout and then i used to do that so i'm totally guilty of that thinking doing more is gonna get you more which is not always the case mm -hmm. so um just realizing that the amount of effort you put in is still going to come out some way so 
There was one question I completely forgot to ask about habits because I think it's important because mm-hmm. people will build the habit, but how do you necessarily track your progress with that habit? Because I know people will say, I'm going to build this habit, but they don't actually track it. So then how do you know you're doing it to begin with? I guess. Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, question because one of the things that help people stick with habits is rewarding themselves for doing that habit. And it doesn't mean like you buy yourself something every time you do this habit every single day, but you need like this dopamine response to help reinforce that you want to do this habit mentally. So a really easy way to do this is just with a basic habit tracker, which is just a essentially a calendar, right? A bunch of boxes and you're going to check off how many days you do it in a row, right? And there's a lot of variations of this. Some people do like two jars one jar is full of marbles and the other jar is empty mm-hmm. and they just every time they do it they're filling they're taking one jar from the fill they're taking one marble from the filled jar and moving it to the empty jar just mm-hmm. to keep track of how consistently they're doing it and now they have a visual representation of how consistent they actually are and they have a motivation to try and fill the jar or they have a motivation to try and x off all the boxes on the calendar uh that they have and the every time you do that it actually releases a good amount of dopamine to help you push through and actually finish the task that you're trying to do and be consistent with the habit that you're trying to build so yeah these little reward systems go a long way and they're also a really easy way to track your progress with how well you're doing because we can feel like we're doing something consistently, but usually we'll always be, we'll always fall for like confirmation bias. And we'll try to remember the one to two times that we did it in the last week and say like, Oh my God, we're doing this so well. I'm awesome <laughs> yeah. at this. But yeah. in reality, you've done it two days out of seven days, you know? So yeah. having that visual representation is always really powerful. Yeah, no, I totally feel like that this past week. I completely fell off with all that because I feel like you're like, oh, I'm doing so great. But then there's all these things that you don't actually realize you weren't doing. So actually having an audit of what you're doing is very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, you have specific habits and you use them. What is your specific like morning routine for you like? Yeah, I mean... uh the last six months or so it's been monday through friday wake up you know go to the bathroom wash my face brush my teeth and work out like i work out right away Mm -hmm. um and then when i come back i will do either a walk and an audiobook or podcast and then but obviously the weather's been like crazy the last few months so that walk isn't always a realistic thing I could do Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'd either walk and podcast or I would just sit and read and then I would walk later in the day Mm -hmm. and then I would have my protein shake and my greens I would do some mobility work and then I would go shower and then go into my deep work so whatever my main priority for the day is I'll spend the next one to two three hours doing that um and that's basically my monday through friday routine saturday sunday i don't work out so the routine is just a variation of that i basically do the same thing i wake Mm -hmm. up i'll go on a walk or i'll read um and i'll have my greens and my vitamins and things like that i just it's just shorter because i don't work out so it's still the same kind of things that i'm doing Mm -hmm. um just in a different order basically awesome that's my go-to routines as of lately Awesome. And then so say if you have a client and they don't really have a routine, how do you get them to start like a routine or 
what are some tips that you give them if they're very like I guess not organized don't really have a mm -hmm. routine I guess yeah so um first we'll this first we discuss if a routine is something they even want or mm -hmm. can do right um and routines don't have to be like this overly complex thing it can be as mm -hmm. simple as again uh starting the day with a big glass of water do um i don't know start the day with a big glass of water drink your vitamins um ha walk outside for five minutes and that's it that could be a routine it doesn't need mm -hmm. to be this 30 minute one hour long thing it could be a five minute activity that you do just to set the tone for the rest of the day so first and foremost we kind of find out what's realistic for you and how what is going to yield again the best return for you for the time you put in right if you only have five minutes what's the most effective thing that we can do in these next five minutes in these first five minutes of the day i should say that is going to help you again feel good and help you feel accomplished uh, because that again sets the tone for the entire day to help you feel good the rest of the day and feel accomplished the rest of the day and continue to accomplish things so yeah it just starts again everyone's different so where what they do exactly is going to vary going mm -hmm. to start with finding out what we can do what you like the idea of what you enjoy doing and um finding it finding that th activity that works for you totally I, I like that i like that you have it very um specific to a person and not just like hey this is a routine you should do this um i feel like a lot of people mm -hmm. think there's one specific routine so knowing that like not everyone's going to like the same things and that's completely okay um yeah but bouncing yeah, there's like certain yeah go ahead hold on just to say just to add to that yeah, yeah. Uh, there's definitely certain principles that you should try to incorporate right mm -hmm. so um movement is very valuable to start the day you know first thing in the morning there's so many health benefits that come from just moving at the beginning of the day you know mm -hmm. i mentioned i work out first thing in the morning i do like an hour-long workout mm -hmm. but not everyone has an hour to do that in the morning so maybe again a five-minute walk is feasible for you maybe doing yoga first thing in the morning is what you like and feel best with maybe doing some joint mobility work is going to be what you enjoy doing so uh, it, again, it always comes down to finding out what's best for you, but still kind of following the main principles that we know you can benefit from and just finding the variation that you, uh, finding the very, the method variation that you benefit the most from. Yeah, no, that's very, that's very helpful. Yeah. Cause not everyone's going to say like going to the gym or like yoga mm -hmm. or like walking. So just finding what you do like and actually being able to stick with it's really important. What's a common theme you see with professionals who say they don't have enough time in their busy work schedule to yeah, do the so, things that they want? Yeah, so I think it, it's uh, two things mainly. Uh, one of them we already talked about where it's the expectation of how much they should be doing and how that relates to their day-to-day -day life. So if you're, again, using the busy mom example, if you're a busy mom, you have kids to take care of you have to take them in and out of daycare you have a full-time job all of that stuff uh you and you have the expectation that you're trying to you need to work out six days a week um on top of that for an hour and a half every day that's like 15 hours in the week that you need to add to your week if you have all that expectation on top of everything you need to do it becomes like it's very clear that you're too busy to do that because it's hard to commit 15 hours to your week um to to add on top of everything, all the responsibilities you already have. So it, it starts with like recognizing what it, what 
do they think they have too much time for? Um, and coming down to a middle ground where, okay, you know, you don't need to do all that. You don't need 90 minutes of exercise six days a week. Maybe we can fit in 45 minutes of exercise four days a week. And that's a lot easier for you to handle. More people can find three and a half hours in the week than uh, again, like 15 hours in the week to do this. So um, finding out what they think they need to do and finding the middle ground for what's realistic for them um, and is still beneficial for them to reach the goals they're trying to reach. So that is the one thing is battling the expectation. And then the second thing is uh, maybe if we're going back to what we talked about with the person that thinks they're busy all the time mm -hmm. and just does actually has more time than they realize mm -hmm. uh, that with that situation, it be comes down to being honest with yourself, you know, because in mo in these situations where you just say you're too busy, but in reality, you have the time you spend four hours a night watching Netflix or something like that. You can easily commit to going to the gym for an hour a, a day, a couple of days a week. Mm -hmm. It comes down to what's your priority? How much do you actually care about this right now? And beyond that, what are you afraid of that you're not committing to that you're not starting this commitment? Because for a lot of people, they're again, they're afraid of failing, you know, and they don't want to start something that they think they're going to fail. And because of that, they just tell themselves they're too busy because that's an easier way to deal with this discomfort of fear because now it's not in their hands to fail. It's beyond them. They're too busy to do it. So yeah. they don't need to, they like don't even they need to act. let it go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's one of those two things, finding out the expectations they have or finding out what they're actually feeling. What are they actually avoiding here? Because again, it's a it's a priority thing at that point. If you do have the time and you don't have that many commitments, uh, you just need to find out why this isn't important enough to you to mm -hmm. commit to this. What are you, what is stopping you deep down inside that subconsciously maybe you're not even aware of uh, that's holding you back from following through with this? Perfect. Yeah, I like I like that the tips and all that. It, it's very beneficial to actually get someone to kind of get you out of your comfort zone and to mm -hmm. ask you these questions because sometimes you don't really realize you're not doing what you should be doing. And then um, getting someone to actually audit you is very beneficial, I think. So um, yeah. I like that approach. Mm -hmm. um, That's like one of the big things that make having a coach or a mentor so powerful is that you do have that third party uh, perspective to call you out on your BS. Yeah, no, I totally agree that that's like a huge thing with having a mentor or a coach, um, just having someone call you out on your BS because we think we're doing amazing or we're just doing what we need to, but having someone to audit us is always really beneficial. Um, I noticed that a lot of professionals um, and just anyone in general experience burnout a lot, even just like doing those things, how do you help someone manage like not getting to burnout or just getting out of burnout mode? Yeah. So that, um, you know, people that are burnt out all the time are mm -hmm. the ty very type A personalities that think they need to do hundred percent all the time for everything they need to do. They want to be the best at everything, which is a good thing to want. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, it comes down to recognizing more isn't always better. You know, training is good and healthy for you. Training four hours a day, seven days a week is harmful for you. You know, it yeah. really comes down to uh, recognizing that moderation that is realistic for you to sustain for a longer period of time. Because um, all of these things we're talking about, you know, building healthy habits, 
to complement your professional life. Mm-hmm. They're here to enhance your life. You know, they're here to make your life better. Mm-hmm. But if you try to do the most with everything then it becomes a detriment to your life now it's a stressful aspect of your life now it's holding you back and causing more burnout or burnout to happen sooner than it normally would so you know recognizing the core need or the core purpose for why you're trying to do this and being okay with doing less you don't need to do more you can you can get more out of doing less if you do that less more effectively Um, And, you know, my philosophy is always with dieting, with fat loss, is trying to get you to lose as much weight as possible, get you to lose as much fat as possible, Mm -hmm. while doing as little cardio as possible and eating as much food as possible. That's that's the goal. We're trying to make this as simple as possible, as enjoyable as possible, but still effective in getting you to your goal. Because again, you don't need to bite more than you can chew to be successful. If this is going to be a lifelong thing, What's the harm in taking an extra one to two to three months to get it right, to do it right and have it be a sustainable thing and have it be more enjoyable the entire time too. Um, So uh, that's one thing. The other thing is being okay with taking breaks too, you know, giving yourself rest time to recharge, to deload um, and uh, take two steps back so you can take five steps forward. That's really important. A lot of people look down on, you know, mental health days, deload weeks, diet breaks, things like that, where you're taking a break from putting your foot on the gas, but you need to do that. Your body needs that. Your mind needs that so that you can perform better a week from now. You pushing through it and giving 50% of your effort because you're just, you have this pride and ego that you want to just finish things because you, that's just how you think it is to be successful. Isn't helping you or anyone else that you're working with. Right. Yeah. So uh, giving yourself that break and being OK with it and recognizing, again, it's it's not about doing everything right now. It's about being the best you can be for the next month, two months, three months, years uh, yeah. over time is important. Yes, no, I totally agree. I like that perspective shift. Um, I feel like I'm totally guilty of this. I, I want to do a lot and then just never give myself a break. So it's nice to see a different perspective and mm-hmm. how you can handle not being in burnout mode so frequently um i think everyone's bound to at some point but then taking a step back is always very nice so where can everyone find you if they want to reach out to you or talk to you or ask any questions after this yeah so i am everywhere um instagram tiktok linkedin facebook all of it is going to be the same if you search stupid fit or if any of the ones have handles, it's going to be at stupid.fit, uh, S-T-O-O-P-I-D, period, F-I-T. Um, and then I have a website. It's going to be www.stupid.fit, again, with two O's. Uh, and you can see all my content on there and reach out to me at any time if you ever have questions. So my DMs are always open on every platform for everyone and any, for anyone and everyone to ask questions if they need help and support. Um, and obviously all those platforms, I put out all my free content on as well. And then you can also find me on my own podcast, the not so stupid podcast, also on all podcast platforms too, for anyone that wants to listen to that. Um, thank you. I'm so glad I was able to have you on. I know you have such a busy work schedule and everything. So it was great. And I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course we make it work. If it's, it doesn't matter how busy we are. Thank you.
Dose of mind and body. A dose of mind and body. 